and welcome back to Dark Alignment. I am Brittany. And I'm Amy, also Rick Rose on Instagram. And I am at Britt underscore Oakley on Instagram. And it has been a while since we've recorded. There's been a lot going on in the world, obviously. A lot going on in the world and um, in our personal lives. In our personal lives. We've both gone through some... You can some see I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> Amy brought new life into this world. Um, it's been a wild ride for us. So we've gone through a lot of, a lot of changes. But we're back, so thank you guys for being patient and for tuning in with us. Uh, last time we were here, we looked at John List, who committed familicide and slaughtered his entire family. Um, and then the episode before that, episode 10, was our Columbine episode. And Evelyn is yelping like crazy oh, yeah. in the next uh, room. And you, I, we're also in a new place. Oh, um, yeah. Like, that's kind of... And there are there are little... There's a little puppy. So... Yeah. Uh, My seven Little puppy old, might make some little puppy sounds. I'm so, hoping she takes a nap really be, soon, but I apologize for any, like, background yelping. She's totally fine. I promise. <laughs> um, so, thank you guys again for being patient and... And hanging out with us. It's episode 12. We're coming up on a whole year of doing this podcast, which is really crazy. Um, and then after our little break, it's nice to be back. So if you want to stay in touch with us, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe. We have Patreon. We've got um, all of it. We have man. all of it. And we're just <laughs> at Dark Alignment on Instagram. And we're on Facebook, too. So we're, we're everywhere that you do your social media Whatever. I'm trying, I'm, that didn't work for me. I liked it. Yeah, I, I regretted it. Real quick. So, this week we are going to be covering one of a person that I have watched for a long time. I watched this entire trial. It's a little bit more recent. It's Jody Arias, you guys. Jody Arias. So I actually don't. It's not ringing a bell for me. Maybe this. Maybe when you get into the story, it will. But like, I don't. So, um, the trial for all of this was airing in 2013, and at that point in time, like, I had cable television. I feel like a lot of us did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Evelyn has been unleashed, so we can <laughs> handle the yelping. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Jody Arias, this case got a lot of attention, um, mainly because it was really a sexually charged, like, court case, and I watched the whole trial proceeding, and it was, like... It was really intense. Um, so I'm going to start with my sources. Still committed to my New Year's resolution of uh, citing my sources before I before I get into the story. So uh, thefamouspeople.com, Wikipedia, please donate. Um, investigationdiscovery.com <clears throat> is where uh, some of this information came from. And also a lot of the details about Jody's relationship with Travis Alexander, which is the victim in this case, um, a lot of that is just, I've watched like eight documentaries on it. I just, I watched the court trial. Like I, I don't know where some of my info comes from is really what I'm getting at here. Um, but I also rewatched the three part series. It's available on Hulu if you want to check it out. Um, but it's a whole different docu-series about this crime and about this case. So, uh, check it out if you want to. Trigger warning. This bitch sucks, and what she does really <laughs> sucks, and I just, trigger warning, there's also a lot of uh, sexually charged information that's going to come here, so I will warn again as we get a little bit closer <laughs> to that segment of the story, because it can be intense. But... I just pulled her chart. I'm like already taking notes. Oh, <laughs> God, I love it. Okay, right. so, media shit. 
Um, this was a big deal. Her case was actually uh, the pilot episode of the show Murder Made Me Famous. There was a Lifetime movie made about this case called Jody Arias, Dirty Little Secret. It's actually really great. Like, it's, it's really entertaining. The actress who plays her does a really great job. Um, and again, there's that three-part series that aired in January 2018. And it's called Jodi Arias, An American Murder Mystery. So, she was born July 9th, 1980. Today, she is 39. So, she's, she's still pretty young. But her young life, she was born in Salinas, California. I don't know if I said that right. Sorry. Salinas. Salinas. Saline. Salines. Salines. Salines, California. (laughs) Uh, She uh, is the oldest of four kids. So she has three younger siblings, a sister, and two brothers. They were just kind of a regular family. She had a good upbringing. Um, But Jodi claims that she was abused by her parents as a child, but those those were never corroborated, so not sure uh, what what really went on there. She went to Wairika High School. She dropped out her junior year and ended up getting her GED. She always really loved photography, so uh, she was kind of pursuing a few different avenues as far as careers, like a professional photographer, so she was Mm -hmm. doing a lot of part-time stuff. Uh, she was a server, worked at a, a restaurant in California, just trying to make extra money. She was always into, um, like, self-help and kind of, like, bettering herself, bettering her situation. So one of those type of people. I relate to that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, good for her. She's in a personal development. Um, and that's actually how she ended up meeting Travis Alexander. So um, she went to a seminar for this, like, it's like a, it's almost like, pyramid schemey thing like it's like a multi-marketing multi-level marketing company um so she ends MLM. Up, yeah and she's getting into that mlm lifestyle she gets into a lot of interesting lifestyles that start with an m we'll get into that too perfect um yay uh so she ended up going to vegas in 2006 to go to this like seminar and that's where she meets travis so as y'all know i like to title my sections This section is called Meet Cute Plus Mormons. (laughs) So Travis was a super charismatic, motivational speaker. And I've actually seen footage of him at these events speaking. And he really is like a compelling person. Like you can kind of, you can feel his passion. You can feel like he seems really genuine, like definitely was good at what he did. And you Mm -hmm. can, you can feel that. He's just a person that does really well at public speaking. Very comfortable, very convincing. Um, seems like a great person. He had a lot of like warmth energy. So, um, anyway, this thing was called prepaid legal services, which also is like, what? So (laughs) it's called PPL is like the name of this, uh, marketing company. And Jody was like way into Travis at this convention. So she actually had a long-term boyfriend back home in California that she'd been with for four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she still was, like, pursuing Travis at this. And uh, she made sure she, like, introduced herself and talked to him, spent some time with him, and wanted to get to know him. And she ended up being his escort to a dinner event during this whole time. So she's hanging out with, like, the really high-up people in this company. Oh, really? Uh, like, I mean, he's giving speeches at it, like, doing the motivational speaking at this multi-marketing Multi-level marketing thing. So she's hanging out with, like, some pretty, you know, people who make really good money and people who are kind of living that higher lifestyle. And meanwhile, she's, like, waiting tables and stuff. So this was, like, a really exciting 
attractive type lifestyle. Also, you know, a lot of women were attracted to Travis for that reason and because he had a great personality and just, you know, was apparently a really good guy uh, by all accounts. So everybody liked him. Uh, he was known for being a good person and he was a really active member of the Mormon church as well. So he was very religious um, and had a lot of strong values and rooted in religion. So Jody like became obsessed with trying to be his girlfriend. Right. And so when you're like trying to be with somebody who's super religious, like what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You're going to also try to be super religious, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what she did. She went to the extent of becoming baptized into the Mormon faith wow. within two months of meeting him. Wow. Two months, ladies. That's fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and not only that, like, he actually ended up being the one who baptized her into the Mormon faith. I guess I'm not quite sure how it works, so please, you know, forgive me if I'm getting this incorrect. Um, but you have, like, a sponsor. It's when okay. when somebody brings you into the religion, it's almost like... like- keeping you in check, like, check, like, helping you assimilate? Uh, let's say, <laughs> I'm going to say yes to that, because I don't actually know. Um, but that's what it sounds like, that she, he was, like, the sponsor, therefore he also, like, baptized her into the faith, which is really interesting. I, I don't, I, I'd like to know more about that. So if you know more about that than us, which most people probably do, <laughs> feel free to like, comment, subscribe, give us notes on that if you, if you have insight. We'd love to hear it. So that's kind of interesting. Um, People from her past always said that she was really obsessive with boyfriends. And um, this was like typical behavior for her to Mm -hmm. kind of do that and kind of like change her personality. Um, To me, that sounds like an insecure attachment style, like anxious, ambivalent. So if Mm -hmm. you if you subscribe to Mary Ainsworth at all in her attachment theory, like that's kind of which I do uh, to some extent. I feel like that that's kind of where she would fall. Um, but for a long time, they would go back and forth to see each other. He lived in Arizona. She lived in California. So it was long Mm -hmm. distance. Um, they dated for about a year and a half in total. And at one point, Travis, like, broke up with her. She was really intense. He broke it off. And what would you do in that situation? You're in a long distance relationship. (laughs) Your boyfriend breaks up with you. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'll, I'll just move to his hometown. That's a, I will move there. That's okay. And that's what she did. Like, really close to him and he he definitely had a problem with it that's like some stalker vibes his friends were really concerned about their relationship it was like unhealthy and just like kind of too much it was like really chaotic she was really jealous she would kind of like freak out um he was never as into her as she was into Mm -hmm. him you know they broke up and got back together a lot. He saw other girls, and that would, like, make her insane. So, you know, it's... Jealousy does crazy things to people. Um, it can, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're a jealous person, that can cause major insecure problems in a relationship. So, something is amiss is the title of this section. Um, amiss. Yeah. You don't get to use that word very often. I know, right? Um, so, everyone thought that Jody and Travis were broken up. This was, Mm -hmm. like, a whole thing, like, all of his friends thought that, uh, but he continued to see her, like, more of, like, booty call style, Mm -hmm. and Jody was, like, really wanting more. She knew he had this trip planned for Cancun, and that he was not planning to take her. He was actually going to be taking another girl, Mm -hmm. Um, and she wanted to see him before he left, 
So she went to see him for what was like a quick visit. She was living back in California at this point. So this was no longer. Okay. Yeah, she, I don't know. I don't have the time frame on that. She's, she was all over the place. Stuff. Y'all, she was back and forth. Oh she was God. doing crazy stuff. Um, so she just like went over to have what he thought was a quick like sex romp before his vacation. Like, hey. Um, and then uh, within a few days. People were starting to worry because they hadn't heard from Travis, and he missed a conference, which was, like, super out of character. Uh, No one could reach him on his phone. He missed his trip to Cancun. Mm -hmm. So this is all, like, right before this happened. And uh, so now we're going to get to the murder. So trigger warning again. This is is brutal crime scene stuff. Like, this was horrible. So Travis's roommates uh, hadn't seen him for several days. He had a big house. He had, like, a five-bedroom house, and he let several friends stay with him. So, and from looking at, like, the crime scene photos and some video footage, it's, like, sectioned off almost like an apartment style. So, it was, like, his area was, like, a master suite, and it was really private. Okay. So, that was one of the things to me that, when I first heard the story, didn't make sense. So, I just want to kind of explain that a little bit, the layout Mm. of this house. Um, Because he had four roommates, and, like... Nobody knew he was there or gone or about right. the murder or heard anything. And to me, that seemed really insane. But this house is huge. And it's like it's like separate sections, which is really interesting. So um, anyway, after finding a key to Travis's master bedroom, his friends entered it and found large pools of blood in the hallway uh, mm-hmm. leading to the master bathroom. Bloody handprints on the walls. Actually, a bloody palm print, like a full Dang. palm print. And then... Um, on June 9th, 2008, was the date that he was discovered dead in his home in Mesa, Arizona. He was found laying dead in the shower. He, uh, it was brutal. He had 27 to 29 stab wounds. This was hard to tell because some of them were so, so deep. Um, he had a gunshot wound to the head and actually his throat was slit from ear to ear and he was nearly decapitated. Whoa. So... You're talking, like, when you think about a stabbing in general, there's going to be large amounts of blood deposit, um, profusely bleeding wounds, and then when you're talking <laughs> about, you know, vital organs, oh, yeah. God, you're, yeah. you're talking, you're talking very bloody, very, very messy crime scene. It wasn't like a clean murder. Was... Right. And and there was also the gunshot to the head, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, you, so, you both. the pictures of this crime scene, you guys, are absolutely horrendous. Like, it's... Ooh, I always feel really, it always feels really intense when I think about it because it's, it was so sad. He was literally like curled up almost in the fetal position in the shower. Um, and obviously that's a vulnerable place to be too. Like you're completely mm-hmm. naked. That's, there's no more vulnerable space than when we are like naked bathing ourselves. So it's, it's rough. His friends were completely horrified and devastated, obviously. And, uh. In the 911 call, which was not heard by the jury, uh, the dispatcher asked if Travis had been suicidal or if anybody was angry with him, you know, doing their job. And right away, his friends specifically mentioned Jody, his ex-girlfriend. I've heard the 911 call, and they do say, like, Jody Arias. They name her as a possible suspect um, and saying that she was stalking him and, like, getting into his Facebook account and slashing his tires. And um, so she's already on their radar. And then... Uh, Obviously, forensics comes out, collects mm-hmm. evidence. Uh, it's a full-on investigation. They actually, they find a lot of interesting things while they're there, but they find a digital camera in the washing machine. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, they were actually able to recover all the deleted images and everything on that camera, which showed a lot of uh, stuff about Jody and Travis uh, engaging in sexual activities, sexual okay. poses. Um, and these pictures were timestamped June 4th, 1.40 p.m. And he was found on, I believe, the 9th. Yeah. So okay. this is a... Uh, she was already, like, suspected of being, that was the suspected day of the murder based on forensics, but also, mm -hmm. like, she was all, already called out as being a person of interest. So, um, the final picture that was on the camera actually showed Travis alive in the shower. Whew, gives me chills because I've seen these pictures. It's like one of the last pictures. It is the last picture wow. of him alive, and he's looking straight and looking at her as she's coming towards him. To kill him. Mm, but the crazy. fact that's what she's doing. Think about the psychology behind that, where you have a female who is any person. I don't know why I said female. Um, taking a photo of their victim. One last picture of you alive. And you're naked. And they had apparently spent the entire day having sex. And all the pictures were on, you know, this, this uh, camera she put in the washing machine and thought it would get rid of the evidence, which is... Just very fucking stupid, to yeah, be honest. Bad, bad she's, idea. she's known for being very bright and very smart, very intelligent. But, like, also... but also, like, that's a lack of common sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that she lacked that common sense because, you know, there's hardcore evidence. There's no disputing that she's the person who did this. Um, but anyway, as she's taking this final picture, or at some point she drops the camera... Because there is one more picture on this footage, and it's it's of a foot. Like, they show it on the documentary, so if you'd like to see some of these pictures, they, they don't put the really graphic ones, but the final picture of the camera dropping, and you can see uh, the bottom of, like, sweatpants and an athletic shoe, and mm -hmm. you can see that it's, like, facing Travis Alexander laying on the ground. So it's, like, an a actual murder, murder smoking gun type, uh, type of photo. And also the bloody palm prints on the walls uh, had DNA from both Jody and Travis, so it was a fucking mess. Um, all right. So clearly she's the person who did this, so this next section is called This Bitch. <laughs> the police were pretty sure from the start it was Jody. She got really involved with the with the entire case. Oh puppy. Evelyn, come here. <laughs> Do you want to? All right. <laughs> this is Evelyn, everybody, who you've been hearing this entire time. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Jody was kind of the only person that had a motive to kill Travis, and uh, they were able to create a timeline of events that placed her there on June the 4th, which is actually, today's what, June the 6th? Mm. Or the 5th? No. Mm -hmm. Today's the 6th? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Okay. Um... <laughs> They even figured out that she had rented a car and, like, planned her, planned a whole fucking murder trip. So, this was oh, extremely wow. premeditated. Um, pretty easy to track, because that's, what a dumbass. Um, <laughs> her behavior during the police interviews was also, like, really weird. And it's, it's weird to watch. They show it, again, on this documentary. Like, they show the actual footage of her interrogation. And her behavior is just, like, really outlandish. Um, at one point, she's, like, doing headstands. And she's, like, singing songs to herself and, like, talking to herself and, like, laughing and just being really weird. 
I don't know if it's calculated, if it's on purpose, or if it's just, like, a nervous thing she's doing. It's hard to say. (laughs) Um, But she's, like, really calm and soft-spoken. She told the police that she hadn't been in Mesa on the day of the murder, and that she hadn't seen Travis since March. And then her next story was that, no, she was there, and it was two intruders that came in that murdered him and attacked her. Um, And then she said that she killed Travis in self-defense. And claimed that she was a victim of domestic violence, which is offensive as fuck. That's actually what she ends up going with, with her entire defense. <laughs> and just completely um, trashing his character. And it is horrible. Um, so she is uh, pleading not guilty when they bring her to court finally. Um, she was indicted on her 28th birthday, which actually kind of makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> So now, let's talk about the trial. The trial is really what made this case so, um, such a big deal. This is why Mm -hmm. everybody was really paying attention to it. Not only do you have, like, such a brutal crime committed by this pretty petite, tiny, very attractive female. Like, Jodi Arias was hot back in the day. (laughs) Not so much, um, during the trial or any of that, but, like, back in the day. Yeah, she was a very attractive female. I was gonna look up a picture and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Because like, I don't know what's going to come up. Oh, <laughs> well, like, yeah. And I'm yeah, not yeah, ready for that right see, this moment. You don't need to see crime scene photos. Not so, right this moment. <laughs> I have dubbed this section the most DTF trial of all time because it is hardcore. Yeah. Um, just about everything in this case was sensationalized because it was like, Jody was young and hot, and Travis was successful and charismatic, and you had this, like, conservative religion of, like, Mormonism involved, and then you had some fucking hardcore sexual shit going on, and America was obsessed, I was obsessed too, so, um, you know, I was part of the problem, if you, if you will. <laughs> um, but it's like, I didn't miss a day of this trial. She ended up testifying in her own defense, and that's when things got really uncomfortable for, like, pretty much everybody in the courtroom. Um, her second day on the stand, she said that her her sex life with Travis included oral and anal sex, so pretty normal. And then she said the anal sex was painful um, the first time, but they were, like, doing that because it was, like, a Mormon thing where oh. you couldn't vaginal sex was like this big sin so it's kind of like a loophole mm-hmm. uh, that's <laughs> no, sorry yeah, i'm, I'm way too that. immature to be talking <laughs> about loopholes uh, <laughs> so you know um it's it sounds like not a great time whatever but uh do you as long as it's consensual it's it's great um so jody considered these forms of sex to be real sex and travis did not Okay. So that's, again, this whole, like, vaginal intercourse thing. And this was a big deal to Travis because he was super religious. Mm-hmm. And um, Jody would say, like, that they did have vaginal sex, too. It was less often. Anyway, she would, goes into this graphic detail so in the trial. Thing. Like, because everybody needs to know, I guess. For, well, they asked, there for... were a lot of uh, questions about it, and it was just, like, such a focus. Like, this was in the court. I'm just wondering like, why that was, I guess, just because of all the pictures and stuff? Like It was a big deal in right. this whole thing, for whatever reason. Um, and then Hot Gossler. This next section is um, is a lot. So Okay. <laughs> um, a phone sex tape was played during court, and people lost their minds. I literally listened to this tape of Jody having an orgasm. And Travis afterwards saying, you sound like a 12-year-old girl having her first orgasm. It's fucked up. That's why I gave the trigger warning. There's some, like, really, it's, it's, 
Very uh, provocative. I've listened to every bit of it because I watched the entire thing. Um, but during this tape, like in the tape, uh, Travis said that he wanted to zip tie Jody to a tree and have anal sex with her while she was dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. And Jody was like enthusiastic about it. The reason this is relevant for court is okay. because she tried to say she was being abused, being battered. When it's okay. very clear that she is being playful and playing along. So any mm-hmm. of, like, when it gets to be, like, a... So then it's kind of hard to say, well, when did it stop being... Right. It yeah. doesn't seem like it ever did, especially with, like, the pictures leading up to right before his murder and their time stamped. Like, it always seemed like this very playful thing. Because she was, like, he would say the worst things to me. But she was clearly into it. Um, mm-hmm. Because when he said some of that shit about tying her to the tree, her exact words were... Oh my god, that is so debasing. I love it. <laughs> like it that that's my impression of Jody Arias. Um, but that was like, you know, she was clearly into it. He wasn't overstepping anything. It was a game they played. America's still like losing their shit over it, but um she recorded all of these phone sex sessions without Travis knowing, so he actually didn't consent to it, and she was like planning to use it to embarrass him in front of the Mormon community. Okay. So she's like Planning to blackmail her boyfriend and, like, which is fucking weird behavior. Um, that's not okay. Ladies, don't do that. No. Um, nobody do that. Good God. Um, <laughs> she, like, started accusing him of being a pedophile and just, it was all a lie and just really upset his sister and his mother. Like, his family's in the courtroom and she's trying to say he's a pedophile when he's not. She totally, like, victim blamed him and, like, what a dick. Like, fuck right. you, Jody Arias. Like, um, not cool. So forensic experts testified um, that there. Wait, sorry, I lost my thought. I'm so sorry. Um, that they examined <laughs> Travis's. Yeah, they examined Travis's computer, and they found no evidence of porn at all. Not even regular porn, which is like, not right. even. Maybe he doesn't like porn. He's he's Maybe. not into. Not only is he not into kitty porn, he's not into any porn. So her, you know, she was very discredited with those uh, allegations. Um, and then she claimed the physical and emotional abuse. And that wasn't very believable because a lot of Travis's ex-girlfriends ended up testifying that he was, like, never aggressive with them in any way, that he was gentle, that he was sweet, that he was respectful. Like, you know, there was no history of like, this behavior either. Mm-hmm. So she had no evidence. She had no nothing except her word, which was not worth very much. Um, now, lights, camera, Jody. Are you ready for this? Um, she was, like, so sure of herself and thought she was really hot shit and even did an interview with Inside Edition being, like, really cocky. Um, this was, like, during her trial. The jury was mm-hmm. not pleased. Like, her, <laughs> she, because, like, the interview was played in court and the jury fucking hated her. Um, in the interview, she actually said, no jury is going to convict me because I'm innocent. Ooh. You can mark my words on that. Yeah. Like, just being an arrogant little yeah, bitch. Um, <laughs> and then, like, during her testimony, she was like, uh, I had planned to commit suicide when I made that statement, so um, I knew that they couldn't convict me because I wouldn't be here. I didn't expect to be here. That was how she explained that. Which like, is like, casually? What? Yeah, yeah, just like that. And I'm just like, that's some bullshit. Um, during cross-examination, she was so sassy with the prosecutor, and it ended up being, like, not good. You know, like, 
you don't seem remorseful. You're being mm-hmm. really um, aggressive. Like, they, you want them to think that you're, like, this sweet, innocent girl that could never be capable of right. a brutal murder but like this. But that's not the route you're she not, took. Yeah, no, yeah. she's being her true self on the stand. Um, which is great because uh, it only took 15 hours for the jury to find her guilty of first-degree motherfucking murder, which is grounds for the death penalty, especially when you're considering the aggravators in the case. Um, and that, that makes a big difference during sentencing. Um, so that's oh, <laughs> still a cunt even in jail. Here we go. Next section. Oh, man. During the penalty phase, Jody asked for a life sentence instead of the death penalty. She felt like she had a lot to offer as a prisoner um, because she was like, I'm so rich and popular. This is great. No, this makes sense to me. Um, At one point, she did claim she wanted the death penalty, so I'm not sure what she was trying to do there. Um, She said she changed her mind to avoid bringing more pain to her family and whatever. Um, at one point, she did something super offensive in her sentencing phase of her trial, and I had forgotten about this until I, like, rewatched the documentary last night. This bitch holds up a plain white t-shirt in court, and this shirt has the word survivor written on it in purple. <laughs> and this is a, one of her reasons why she shouldn't get the death penalty. She literally pulls out a fucking t-shirt and is like, and I'm going to donate all the proceeds to dem- victims of domestic violence. All right. Which is like, the entire thing is super defensive. It doesn't go over well. The t-shirt is also, it's just like literally a Hanes t-shirt with like some iron-on letters. Like, it's horrible. Everything about it was terrible and offensive. <laughs> um, she also was like, I'll donate my hair to Locks of Love. Like, hey, keep me alive. I have hair. And, and a t-shirt. Um, these are great reasons. So, clearly she's making a difference. Um, But actually, the sentencing phase, the first trial ended up being hung jury. Mistrial, they could not um, agree on the death penalty. And death penalty cases, uh, for those of you who don't know, it has to be unanimous. All 12 jurors have to, uh, yeah, say, you gonna die. (laughs) And that didn't happen. Um, You know, they had a resentencing hearing. So her second resentencing hearing, same thing happened, another hung jury, and mm-hmm. once that happens twice, they can't, you can't yeah. go again, you can't have it a third right. time really for don't. death penalty. That yeah. only applies to death penalty cases. So that's an automatic uh, life sentence along with fines to pay to the Alexander family. So that's the story, but now I have some fun shit. Quick fun shit. Yeah, I <laughs> Um, ready for that. In late okay. in, in late January 2013, <laughs> Jody started selling her artwork on eBay. Um, the seller actually was her brother, and he claimed that the profits went to covering like travel expenses um, and getting Jody some better food while she's in jail. Um, she also com- competed in a prison talent show. And I'm not fucking kidding. Is there a video? It, there is a video. Okay, it's good. on YouTube. It's, good. 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 Um, it's good times. Uh, I. She sings the most haunting version of Oh Holy Night you've ever heard. Weird thing, she actually sings Oh Holy Night while she's being interrogated. One of the times that they leave the So it's the like room. her song. It's her, okay. it's her it's fucking like, go-to song. She's like, karaoke, Oh Holy Night. Her former cellmate says that she's an asshole and calls Jody the most manipulative person she's ever met. Uh, and also, you might be asking yourself, what does Jody Arias buy from Commissary? 
Well, I have answers. <laughs> so here's a list of her top purchases. Art supplies. Hair gel. Essential. Uh, moisturizer. <laughs> size small women's briefs. Mm -hmm. A pair of scissors. <laughs> Gotta get the haircut. That's like been my, my haircut for the last few months. <laughs> I own scissors. Um, a number of shank proof toothbrushes, which I'm not sure what prevents shankability in a toothbrush. Um, I'm sure they've had experience in prisons. They've they. <laughs> crafted the perfect toothbrush that you cannot and will not shank others with. Um, a variety of like munchy foods, including black and refried beans, sardines in oil, and multiple kinds of sausages, which is random to me. But uh, Ding Dong Snack Cakes as well. I believe mm -hmm. that's a hostess snack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Just your outfit, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so it all, it all makes oh sense God. that she would also need some antacids, which she purchased. So probably some Tums. Actually, they're probably not name brand. They're probably like yeah. the cheek, Equate cheek. version of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dogs. Thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, another weird thing that I had to mention... Girl, stop. And this is on investigationdiscovery.com, is that women in lockup frequently, this is alleged, I don't know, frequently use sausages and toothbrushes for intimate stimulation. Intimate stimulation. So maybe that's nice why she had lots of... That. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to start using it. Intimate stimulation. I like it. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> so maybe that's why she was buying those items, and if so... Get it, girl. Sausages <laughs> seems pretty intense, but hey. Woo! All right. All right. Um, I feel like I need to separate these. I don't know how to get them to be good. <laughs> Maybe there's not a way. All right. I'll give, I give up. There's no way. And they're not being that bad. They, they aren't, but it sounds like they're murdering each other, and that's not... They're playing. That's they're, what puppies do. It's more so Evelyn is playing, and Barley is, like, trying to not. <laughs> so... Two little dachshund babies. Two dachshund babies. Okay. Get my... All right. We got these magnetic oh, yeah. eyelashes. They're Have you so noticed? <laughs> yeah, did you notice that we're both... Did, first of all, did you notice we're wearing matching outfits? We have matching outfits. And then we got the eyelashes. And um, it's really special. Because we haven't seen each other. I keep I keep adjusting mine. Because it, it keeps... This, this inner one, corner wants to come off. Do you have any tips for, like... The, ma the magnetic lash inner corners, because mine are, like, not having it. Yeah, if you have a secret for how these are supposed to work, please let us know. Um, mine keep getting caught in my very long bangs, which I need to bathroom trim one more time. Maybe, yeah. <sighs> my hair needs to be trimmed. All right. Okay. Your hair looks fantastic. Please I'm happy look, with Let's it. talk about Amy's blue streak. My, my e-girl streak? I'm, like, yeah. half e-girl right now. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't. I didn't feel like I needed the other side. It, you're just too Because I'm an adult. You're already too edgy <laughs> no, with different. the one side. Like it's. I like it though. It's good. Okay. Um, anyway, let's chart. Let's chart this bitch. Okay. Oh. So with the chart here, we have jo Jody. I keep wanting to say Judy. I'm Jody. Spit water out. Jody. Oh, not water. Arias, I have teeth. Uh, born July 9th, nineteen eighty, at one fifty-two p.m. Uh, in. Salonese, California. Salonese. <laughs> um, I 
I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but yeah. I like it. I like saying it different every single time. I think that's our strategy. Uh, <laughs> one, uh, one of them will be right. If you say it enough ways, um, the odds are good. She's a cancer. Um, her son is in the ninth house with a uh, conjunction to Mercury in retrograde and Vesta. Um, her moon is in Gemini in her eighth house with conjunctions to Venus and Ceres. And then her rising sign is Libra. So. Wow. If uh, if anyone guessed it, that one really surprises me. Uh, we should we should prompt people to guess the signs. Oh my gosh, we're gonna do that. We're gonna have people guess the signs. Right, this is our it. new game, you guys. Tell us if you like it or not. But yeah, we're gonna be playing it on Instagram for sure. Like Instagram <laughs> story. We're gonna we're gonna do that. All right. So she is a cancer, and we were talking about cancers a minute ago, yeah. and. She was like, I just feel like cancers are too sweet and like no, she I doesn't have come lots off of like cancer, are, but I've heard that from people. Actually. Yeah, I have friends that are cancers and I guess I was surprised that Jody was a cancer son mm-hmm. because um, I think of like the, the people that I know that are cancer. Again, I know it depends on your moon. I know it depends on a lot of things. <laughs> like, don't attack me. Uh, I know all of this. But at the same time, like they tend to be like the most like very loving people and mm-hmm. I just I feel like she has a lot of coldness to her and I just I don't know no I get cancers messaging me like when I do stuff like uh kind of calling out cancers a little bit on my stories on my Instagram you can follow me on Instagram uh <laughs> she I'll get cancers like uh DMing me like oh you know we're not that innocent <laughs> like yeah, yeah you do know well I, and then I my Scorpio my... side could see through your little little facade there but, but a lot of um cancers are like seen seen that way because that's like the nurturing mothering right um, caring side what i think of is like um, the nurturer and the mother there is that side to them but there can also be um like a less pleasant aspect to that because every sign has um mm. more like lifted like positive qualities and more negative qualities and you get to choose how you use your energies that you are given on your chart um just like people talk about the bad side of scorpio all the time but there's also a really good side of scorpio yeah i'm a pisces Um, water signs like we're intense like Like, like, for every sign yeah um i feel like i feel like water signs we are very intense as we're talking (laughs) about a cancer we're like two water signs talking about the other water sign um so so the bad side of cancer like you know they're sensitive and they're nurturing but they can be moody they can be like this little brats doll (laughs) with like drama but they're still loved for it and like their life is just this soap opera um jody was definitely like that people let her get away with mm -hmm. a lot and a lot more than she should have like she's probably kind of loud about about her problems i i would think like she was probably like that annoying girl that's got like a million issues by like 10 a.m. Like, like it's already given you like this whole um, like soap opera, yeah. Um, and she uh, with her with Mercury being conjunct her sun sign, she's given this aspect of being like a reflective thinker and communicator. Um, I feel like that's a lot of like her self help stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, having her son being in the ninth house, uh, the ninth house is a lot about that Sagittarius energy of wanting this like spiritual like endeavor into something okay um and like uh gonna like forget what i was gonna say um and so like the there's a lot of 
like like when you go to college and you want to learn about something. Oh, yeah, just and like hungry for knowledge. you'll like really go further. Like, like delving go, really go deep the extra stuff. mile to learn what you want to learn. Like, mm-hmm. um, like devoted like to philosophy, yeah. uh, spirituality is a lot of this. Um, you're going to be devoted to like expanding yourself in, in that way and in that knowledge. So like with her having that... Oh, that Mercury in retrograde in Cancer on her Sun sign in the ninth house really makes it like <laughs> so like self help is like great for her. This emotional like she's really wanting to like learn her emotions and like um, make herself better in that way and like reflect on herself and yeah that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and then she has Vesta there as well. Um, and that creates whenever it's like conjunct the sun. I've seen this in a lot of like natal charts of people I know, um, oh, no. where it makes you very devoted to yourself. Like you're you are your first uh, priority. Uh, Jody was definitely her. I've own seen that on some of our other charts on the podcast too. Really, I don't remember which ones right now, but they they were there. I feel like Dahmer probably. Um, I've also seen Mars and Virgo on some of the other ones. I think, and she's got that. So. Mars is like aggression and drive. Right? Yes. Okay. So like when she's <gasps> gonna be yes. when she's gonna make something physical, when she's okay. got like that like fire behind something where she's gonna like take action on it, like she's gonna do it in this Virgo way. Very structured. Of, like structured yeah. and like I'm gonna do it in a particular way and like if something's like uh not perfect or not done the way she wants, it might piss her off, like in mm, general. Okay. Um <laughs> so um next on her moon um Gemini. Yes. Yeah. All right. I have to remind myself. <laughs> <laughs> she has a leave or sorry. Uh she has a Gemini moon in the eighth house, um, which does add that like sexual component mm-hmm. to everything. Oh, with her emotions. Scorpio? House? Yes. Yeah. I'm like testing myself. It's been a minute since <laughs> we've done this. I'm like making sure I'm still on the up and up. <laughs> uh the house of Scorpio, so she's got this like extra sexualized component to everything, and then her moon is conjunct. Uh, Venus, which is, like, love and relationships and, like, aesthetics. Like, she isn't really, like, this is always on her mind. Like, she's always thinking about all of these emotional things along with, like, where her sun sign placement is. Um, and then on top of that, having Ceres there, that's, like, your foundation for love and how you right. feel secure in love. Um, a lot of times you'll get this kind of feeling, like, as if you had, like, from, like, a motherly, like, how your mother treated you when you were really young. Sometimes that will cause this placement on your chart. Um, Hmm. so she is, that's the kind of stuff is always on her mind. Like I could see her having a lot of like, like that friend that always has like relationship drama happening. Like, um, I I could really see that for her, but she's also got this air moon. So it's like, she's kind of lifted out of her emotions a little bit. Um, she does seem like she can easily kind of detach from yes. things if she like needs she can, to. Like she a... can think quick about it. She's adaptive. She's kind of of multiple minds about things. Ah. That Gemini multiple personality yeah. type of um, character. Um, quick minded. She's probably able to like think ahead really well. Like mm-hmm. she's um, probably yeah. Like there's a, probably a little some emotional stress with that placement. Um, like a fractionated. Uh, emotion my fractionated heart like she can wow uh, operate from different fractions kind of um 
That's feel an secure interesting in it. concept. Like just to think about being able to like kind of compartmentalize everything in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's because she's very strategic. Like she's a really calculated, um, strategic individual, and she was like that with everything. So yeah, I it's think really interesting. That's yeah. a big part of it. Um, she does have a pretty nasty like uh, Saturn <laughs> square going on, and nasty. then like. <laughs> I mean, and like, um, like that sucks for her. Like to have Saturn yeah. square your moon or Saturn like messing with your moon sign really is painful uh. um, throughout your lifetime. So that and it's coming from Virgo. Um, and like I said, like she's gonna have a lot of pressure to. She's gonna feel controlled by this sense of having to be perfect or do things a certain mm-hmm. way or like needing to be of service to people or not feeling wanted, not feeling needed. Um, and that's going to, like, mess with her core because <laughs> it's hitting her mood. Do I have some of this placement? Because I, I was like, I, I don't check. know. I, I feel have, like I relate to the first half of that a um, lot. Oh, and she's eyelash. not getting, like, which okay, one? This one? one? Oh, yeah. it's, like, really off. Boy, there. these magnetic eyelashes Ooh. are really tough. We've, and we're kind of testing them on we, here. Yeah, we're testing them. They've only been them. on for, like, maybe maybe an hour or two. We've been trying to do eyelash watch for one another, so. You, know, you guys yeah, see you this, it. like problem all right I la- yeah this is our mirror okay i've got a few minutes okay. left <laughs> a lot sorry of that i probably won't get to but um her let's see her rising being in libra this does give her this um like ability to have like a little bit of a charm like a charm and facade like she's probably going to be very interested ruled by venus uh in her aesthetics her appearance mm-hmm. um you can see that in her purchases <laughs> in <that> commentary <laughs> Um, hair gel <laughs> also can make you a little manipulative uh, since she has Lilith and Pluto also in Libra um, this adds like a deadly Ooh. charm and control um, to this element in her chart Whoa. Uh, yeah it's really like interesting like she could probably really pull one over on somebody if she felt like she needed to like if like when she uh. needed to like uh, stand up for herself or um, embrace if she's like embracing her sexuality like that's gonna come out for sure um, that deadly charm deadly charm that's <laughs> um, also when, with your ascendant in Libra that means your entire houses are flipped on your chart what um, because normally I've like, never heard that like, before in general like your first house is the Aries house right uh-huh. so when your, your first, first house, house is Pisces? Libra that's opposite so then all of your houses are opposite um, unless there's like a, can't think of the word, like a house that's been skipped. I can't, and there's a word for it. I can't oh, think of it right you now. Know I don't know the um, answer. <laughs> if you don't know the answer, I do not. Then it know. might not show up exactly. It's not going to be lined up exactly, but it does kind of make this push pull feeling where you're kind of living in your shadow. You're um, looking for your own identity in everyone else. Like mm. it's kind of like you're kind of looking through a mirror. Of everyone else, like uh, as yourself, like people talk about how um, like trying on you see yourself through other people, um, that kind of yeah, that interesting. Kind of thing. Um, so it can mess with your sense of identity um, when yeah. you're coming off that way. It's almost kind of like you, where's where's me? Um, and people can see and that having, and feel that already having sure. issues with her not feeling wanted or needed at some point um, could like exacerbate that. Um, ooh, we These two are like getting. It's getting close to their time to eat. So oh, gotcha. More. Well, let's see. Um, no, her north node is in Leo, uh, conjunct Juno. So she's gonna in the tenth house. 
So she's going to be, like, geared towards, like, self-expression, performance, career, reputation. Her reputation is going to be her life path. So, like, I've seen this in another couple of charts. Some other charts on here. Like, people that had, like, really big um, public cases um, had, like, similar placements like this. Mm. Um, which is really been starting to, I'm starting to see more patterns as we go through Well, this. she did, actually, I didn't mention it, she ended up doing an interview mm-hmm. minutes after she was convicted. Like, that's great. Like, like seriously, like two to three minutes, like most people, you know, Man. would avoid that. She went straight into an interview. Like, she loved the spotlight. You can see she loves the attention. She's oh, loving yeah. it. It's, yeah, she's about it. And yeah. Then, and then it's going to be all her drama she's going to yeah. put forward. Absolutely. Um, but this does, like, also come into play because she has a grand square um, with her nodes and Uranus and retrograde in Scorpio, um, which can make bring this element of, um, like, erratic sexuality. Uh, so Whoa, that's going to be, like, part of the cool. conflict of her being known, what she's known for, and then also her um, Chiron in Taurus in the third house, Wait, not third house, uh, seventh house. Because everything's flipped, right? Um, I'm so confused now. <laughs> I can't keep it. I'm just saying a lot of stuff. I get it. <laughs> um, All the things. But her Chiron placement, what I'm trying to say is, like, she's, um, like, her her peers are going to be, she's got, she has emotional trauma, feeling secure. Um, where did I write this? Because I wrote it better than I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> Right? Um, it's so yeah, easy like a, to lose your place, too. I lost my place. A lack of stability, lack of material needs, uh, lack of feeling grounded. Um, oh, this okay. is like... Uh, she could have some body dysmorphia with this placement. That's like a common thing with uh, Taurus Chiron placements. Um, she'll she'll want to gather resources and kind of save and try build like a kind of a barrier around herself as she goes through life um hmm. she could have uh some issues with like justice um like, <laughs> like legal issues so you can Definitely. see that in her court issues yeah um issues with balance and she's gonna be like more worried about her aesthetics and beauty and partnerships um so let's see yeah, she, that's all coming into play with what she's known for with her life path. Um, wow. That is definitely what she's known for. Oh, yes. She's... Um, let's see. What else do I want to mention before we have to close out here? Um, self-importance. Um, that Neptune retrograde in Sagittarius can cause some, like, changing spirituality. Um, which oh. we see her can convert <laughs> throughout her lifetime. Um, it's kind of just like her dream world is like um, on this like adventure, this like grand adventure where Goodness. like it can like it's but it's also reflective and not really doing its like best job in, in retrograde. So it's like like a, like chaotic. Yes, it sounds really messy. But it's it messy. Like a... Messy is a better word because <laughs> um, it's not it's not necessarily like. It is fiery, but it's not... It's Neptune. It's so. sloppy. It's sloppy slopperton. <laughs> um, she has Pallas and Pholus and Aries. Um, and Aries is that warrior energy. It's that, like, um, initiation energy, that fire. Um, 
with these being it can cause this like sudden inspiration to be like a more aggressive um and when she is aggressive it's it's extra with with that uh folis there it's 29 um, stab wounds like hands-on it's gonna yeah. be hands-on kind of murders <laughs> yeah definitely uh, it's opposite her and mars like i mentioned earlier where her mars placement um impacts this Mm, I think I covered most of my notes. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. Uh, quite an interesting mm-hmm. person. It, it's it's a shame because it really does seem like she had good intentions for her life, but somehow she just kind of went wrong. Like, she had a Once, didn't have the typical story of a murderer that we've, like, covered on, on this podcast. Like, you know, she didn't have this, like, horrific upbringing or anything, like, crazy going on. I mean, that we know of. That we like, know she of. Could, like, her Chiron placement, I could see, like, some issues in the home. Yeah. Um, but... You won't. You we can't. We don't know for sure. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to say something. You know, but we've we've looked at killers that have had like horrific childhoods, and it, she's mm-hmm. just not one of them. She's not Eileen Warnos. You know what no, I mean? No, not the but same. But it's yeah. just interesting. But her sense of her sense of security was definitely like shaken. Some, yeah. By something. By something. <laughs> and it seems like it's tied to relationships for her. Like it mm-hmm. always seems to be tied to relationships, yes. which is just really interesting. But you guys. That is Jody Ann Arias covered for y'all. So, wow. Thank you guys again for being here, for coming back, for being patient with us uh, through we're all of our... We're happy to be back. We're happy to be back <laughs> through all of our life changes, through all of the world changes and everything that's going on right now. We hope you guys uh, enjoyed taking an hour plus-ish time of your day to hang out with us. Um you can always follow us. You can follow mm-hmm. our Dark Alignment page on Instagram mm-hmm. and, and all Facebook. those links are in the description. Yes. So Which go is going to be somewhere <laughs> lower. You can just scroll down, hit the like, hit the subscribe. Hit, hit the bell. Hit the, hit the bell. Hit, the hit, bell. hit all the links. You can, you can just go ahead and do that. Just go ahead and do that. <laughs> you can follow us individually um, if you like cool astrology stuff. Um, Amy posts a lot of those at Aruka Rose. Mm-hmm. And I try to post some on the Dark Alignment page, too. Yes. Follow us there um, for our new game that's coming out, too, of Guess the Sun Sign. <laughs> so follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you want to follow me, I really primarily post, like, pictures of this, uh, nature stuff, and then pole videos. Um, we both do pole dance, for those of y'all that don't know that about us. We're fun. We're, we're fun girls. <laughs> we do a lot uh, of things. We do a lot of things. So thank you guys again. This has been Dark Alignment. I hope that you guys all stay awesome, continue to love yourselves, especially through these times, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.